This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, we're live on YouTube now, so we should go. Has it come on? Yeah. Yeah, you'll just have to put the link on Facebook, mate. I don't think you can do two at the same time. Yeah, I can see you, Neil. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. Right, good evening for those of you who can see us now. Um, <laughs> this is Annie Takes That Chance, Rogue Nation. We've gone live, first time ever. Um, we're not sure, quite sure how this will work, but, you know, we're in, we're in unprecedented times and we're trying all sorts, out. we? So we thought, why not just give it a go? Um, obviously, as usual, we are sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. So thank you very much to them for all their support. Uh, tonight, obviously myself, joined by Simon, who you'll know from the podcast normally. Um, Dan Porritt, Pozza, as he's well known from the Cowshed Loyal. Obviously, Cozzy as well. And one of Radio Leeds' finest, or Radio Leeds' finest indeed, Mr Jamie Rain has joined us also. So good evening, gents. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. All right. What a build-up, Neil. Oh, oh, good. good um, that. I'm going to pass it over quickly to Cosy, who was just going to say a couple of words about a great man who died on this day last year. Over to you, Cosy. Yeah, it's kind of ironic today. We're doing a uh, part of the chat will be about you know atmospheres in the ground and you know getting behind the team and uh, Scoffer David Schofield. Uh, so integral in that, uh, Huddersfield Town, along with Pozzer, who we're looking to have on tonight. You know, the Cowshed Lulls started with Pozzer, then it went to North Stanlaw, then obviously back to the Cowshed Lulls we know today. But Dave, yeah, a year ago, a day, he left us, uh, but his memory will live on. Uh, yeah, it's, I think if he were listening above, he wouldn't want any misery or, you know, sad, sad stories, really. The guy was a life and soul, really, and that as well, so... Neil, I think uh, we've all got one of these, haven't we? But thanks to Andy Needham, who uh, great sport of Wuddersfield Town, he's uh, he's given us today a bottle of Black Sambuca. I think you've got it as well, Neil, and I think there's a third, third bottle as well. But yeah, so obviously he's kind of doing his first live podcast tonight, and Scoffer passed away a year ago. So yeah, rest in peace, Dave. And what he must be making of everything now, I just. 
up there. I just, I just got on in us really because, uh, yeah, football now is just it's surreal. But I suppose we've got a lot to chat about, guys. Jamie, I'll come to you. I mean, obviously, how much involvement have you had? You know, kind of getting back on. Can you even get to the training grounds to interview people, or is it all Zoom, or are you even working? What What's the story yeah. like with you? Well, it's um, it's certainly been different. You're quite right to say that. And uh, like everyone has been, you know, everyone's adapting to to how we have to follow uh, protocols and and social distancing being the absolute bare minimum when it comes to how we work in the office. Um, and in terms of interaction with football clubs. Um, like we are right now, you know, Zoom calls um, and getting used to, to doing things virtually. Um, you know, absolutely, we're not allowed anywhere near uh, training grounds because that is essential stuff that is needed um, for those football clubs to run under the protocols that the EFL have, uh, have put forward for them uh, to do so safely. So it's been definitely different. Um, it's starting to pick back up, as you can imagine, with training back on now for football clubs and of course, you know, a date has been given provisionally by the EFL. So we are waiting to see what is the next step for us and, and how best to hopefully cover the games as and when they return, if they return, of course, because it's all subject to uh, government guidance and, and we have to keep rigorously keeping up to date with, uh, with every single round of testing. Um, and if that falls in line with what the EFL deems safe, then, then, then we will come in and, and, and hopefully, you know, we'll be able to report in, in, the, in the manner that we wish or were doing before so. But like I say, it's all very subject at the moment and, and the, nothing can be clear because nothing, nothing is clear still at this moment in time. It's, it's taking its time and we're just having to be patient, I guess. How's it going, Jamie, regarding getting stuff out of the clubs? Obviously, locally, it's really affecting, obviously, town and Leeds in the Championship. What, what What's the information sort of trail like between the clubs and yourselves at the moment? Well, it, from from what I've seen and, and from, you know, predominantly working specifically with, with Huddersfield, um, it, it's been very, very good. The lines of communication have been fantastic, you know, and, and it's been um, it's been great to get the access that we've we've been given to, you know, both players and, and, and management alike. Um, you know, obviously a lot of people have got a lot of time on their hands as well. So there's a lot to talk about in that respect. But, you know, it's just making sure that um, everything is done responsibly. And that's the message that we get from the football clubs and, and likewise from the governing bodies as well, because everyone wants to do this in, in the correct manner. Nothing needs to be rushed. Nothing. Nobody wants anything to be rushed. Um, and it's it's been, you know, it's it's been different. And I think I think everyone would accept that. And and it's just been a, a, a situation and environment that we've we've had to adapt to. And and but it, you know, it's the same with anything. Like you know, you know this, Neil, as well. Everyone will be will be in the same boat. You've got to work to your means, and it's yeah. just working with one another to try and you know effectively reach that that same common goal so it's um, yeah it's been different it's but it's been it's definitely been uh, an experience that I won't forget and you know it's interesting having a conversation yesterday and obviously we await to see if football does return on the 20th of June fingers crossed it does so in whatever way that is going to be but, but it's you know whether you like it or not it's still a, a moment in time that that will have been through whether that's as a fan or as a player or in the media as well, it's still quite significant. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's one of those moments in life where you, you you kind of remember it. I'm sure that'll be the case once it's uh, fingers crossed, blown over and not too uh, long away. 
Jamie, it sounds like you've missed football. Potter, I've seen so many pictures and videos of you and your young one having life all over Yorkshire. Have you missed it? Um, I have missed yeah. To be fair, it, it, at the start of it, um, you, you thought you might miss a couple of weeks, to be fair. You know, when I, I'm one of these people, I don't normally sort of panic about stuff like this. But you know, when it first came out, when everyone, well, you know, there's coronavirus and all this, and you know, football, sort of, like, Liverpool, very Atletico, Madrid were kind of like, the, will, will it, won't it go on? I thought, personally, I thought oh, it'll be a couple, couple of weeks off, and you know, it'll all blow over and we'll be we'll be back to normal. But obviously, that's not not been the case. And yeah, I have missed it. You know, it, it's not just going to football, is it? it? It's more than that. Sometimes it's. Miss, I've missed seeing my mates who I haven't seen for, you know, for so long. Mates who I only ever see at football. I've missed days out with, with my two lads, you know. It, it's a place where, you know, you, you go to spend time with friends and family. But it's also a place where you can go and sort of get rid of a lot of stress that you've, you've had during the week. You know, you can shout and ball and, you know, carry on for an hour and a half or so. And, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you've lost that outlet as well. You know, it's not the same shouting in back garden when kids are playing football, you know. It's not the same effect. Um, it throws your routine out as well. You know, you, you go to work all week, you look forward to your, to your Saturday because you get up and you have your breakfast and you go to the pub and, you know, you watch match, you come home, you have your tea, you go to bed, you get up, you watch highlights on Sunday morning. So it, it's thrown a lot of routine out for me, especially when I have young kids as well who kind of they thrive on a routine. My, my youngest is only five, hour Jack, and he's absolutely football crazy. And, you know, first week when they want any highlights on Quest or Match at Day, it, it really is to be win. Um, you know, like I touched on, social side is, is so important to people. Um, it, it, there'll be people who, even without in lockdown, you know, don't get out much during the week and they look forward to that Saturday because they can go out and they can see people and they can, you know, like I said, get that release from from everyday everyday life. And Don't get me wrong, sometimes I've walked out of the ground, well, I'm sure we all have on more than one occasion, I thought, you know what, if I never have to go again, I'd be quite happy with that, but actually, when you can't go, you want to go, you know, and yeah, you still look forward to it because it's a new week in it, and it could be a different result, and you could turn up and be brilliant, or you could turn up and be rubbish. It's it just, it's just what you do, isn't it? I know we've touched on it before, Neil. It's, it's what you do. It's not yeah, you don't get up and think I'm going to go to the match. You just kind of get up and go yeah. and go. It's, it's, it's part it's of the norm. How have you found it, Simon? Uh, yeah, I'd echo quite a lot of what. Posa said then really I think perhaps na- quite naively in hindsight um, assumed when those first three games were postponed that they would be kind of shoehorned into the season quite quickly and, and the season would come to a normal conclusion in, in early May um, and as we kind of see to you today none of us are still really clear on, on when the season will come to an end and kind of what form it may take so perhaps quite a, quite a naive position at the time but I think I always speak for a lot of people when I say you know or everyone almost didn't see what was around the corner. Um, I've certainly missed it. I've certainly missed it. I think when Pozza talks about routine, routine for me this time of year is kind of cricket season now. So I'm probably kind of in the mindset more of missing watching and playing cricket, really, rather than football. Um, it kind of feels now with the, with the videos, of the training ground and the like, that it's just the start of pre-season. Um, so all the whole sequence that you're normally used to and, and the kind of the timing of things is, is completely thrown. But... Yeah, I kind of look forward to kind of getting back, watching some football. Um, I think my throwing the water with some of the German stuff, it's a bit difficult for me to get into, to be honest, without kind of having too much affiliation. But, um, yeah, the sooner we can get back and, and watch some Huddersfield Town games, the better, really. Stuff Jamie. that's coming out, I've found it really odd, have you? That, that's, you've 
we're watching them. And like you all said there, Sam, it's like it's pre-season. It's hard to register that there's actually still eight or nine games left of last this season, whatever you want to call it now. It's all a bit... Yeah, like, it feels weird, doesn't it? It's all a bit odd. It's surreal. I mean, that Leeds game feels like, what was it, March the 7th, I think it yeah. was? Yeah. It feels like March the 7th, 1987 or something like that. But do you think we're going to get back, though, uh, Jamie? Because I've been hearing some stuff from one or two people reading some stuff. And it seemed that last week, it seems they've thrown out this date just out of nowhere. Obviously, there's been a few teams kicking off about it. QPR, the most vocal. This date's been kind of thrown. What, what's the date again? Is it June the is it 20th, is it? 20th, yeah. But from what I'm hearing, you know, we're miles off that. And there's, there's no hotel. There's talk of our players going to get there. They're going to have to drive. It, I mean, you've got... the. That's coming fast around June the twentieth. There's obviously a whole lot there, you know, kind of thing leaked. Been hearing that there's teams that maybe will not even put out a full teams once you know like the uh, the contracts have ended and under twenty threes. It sounds like to me there's so much to do, and the, and I'm thinking I'm right in saying there's a vote next Tuesday now, and I think we're miles off getting back, but. People seem to have had this date in the red that's just thrown out of nowhere. Don't know what you've heard, Jamie. Obviously, kind of a bit close to the ground than us, but it's Premier League, yeah, but not the EFL. I think there's um, there's a great deal of logistical situations that you've alluded to there, Cosy, uh, that, that certainly need to be uh, rectified. And, and there's no doubt there's discussions happening right now, probably, and, and behind closed doors 24-7 as to how football clubs up and down the championship can facilitate, like you say, transport um, and also operational situations in terms of training ground exercises, which again, you know, we're seeing contact training being resumed gradually throughout the week for, for most clubs. But I think that that's something that this virus has, has certainly done and this pandemic that we find ourselves in at the moment has, has thrown up a lot of um, specific situations for football clubs and they're very isolated um, incidents um, that, that for different reasons and various reasons, different clubs have their own feelings towards how this season should or could unfold because they've got very isolated situations. And, you know, you refer to Charlton there and of course, you know, they've got a player in their ranks who, who doesn't want to play. Three, uh, three, Jeremy. Three now, players. You know, and, and this is, you know, this is an ever developing situation. Um, so I think that, there's a fine balance. I, this is my opinion. This is my opinion alone. There's a fine balance, I, I, you would suspect, from, from trying to get football back on track with the Premier League, you know, coming out and making a statement in regards to, to what was, uh, you know, June 20th, but June the 17th being the, the first of those games to make up for the, the game in hand from the League Cup final. I think that's uh, City and Arsenal and Villa, Sheffield United. But then for that to fall in line with the championship, I've seen reports um, which the BBC had, had reported in respect to um, when uh, the playoffs, you know, could be and that, you know, they have to fit in the time scale. Rick Parry from the EFL made it very clear when he was speaking to that select committee, um, well, it'll be a few weeks ago now, that, that they had to have the season concluded by July the 31st because of the contractual situations that lie within many clubs up and down the league. So I think that's why the time frame has, has been given. Um, but one thing that is certain is that this next round of testing, 
um, when and and the ones to follow that as well will be very important to understand the landscape of the season because as we've mentioned already now we're seeing contact training being returned this is when it's going to be how do we know and how can we isolate where this virus has got to into football clubs and hopefully fingers crossed uh, the numbers aren't at all high um, in the next round of testing but it this will be important to see how how that will unfold now that we know that contact training has been authorised and given the green light by the EFL towards clubs. I think the problem is, Jeremy, there seems to be a lot of talk of getting this season finished, but it's what about the knock-on effect? Because, you know, they're wanting to get the next season done in August, no international breaks. You know, it, there's so much, such a knock-on effect. I think there's been mm. so much, to me, tunnel vision. We need to get the season finished, but, I mean, it's five weeks, nine games. In the Championship, you're probably playing that kind of game anyway, but they're hardly going to have a break, injuries, rest and stuff. There's, there's such a mess. I mean, not, I was just watching a bit of a cricket thing today, but you probably watch the same, Jamie, where they're talking about hotel availability. I mean, it's just thin on the ground, isn't it, at the moment? And we're meant to be starting games, going to away games and stuff in two two weeks' time. Pozza, do you, do you think it's going to get back up and running in uh, in a couple of weeks? I'm not so sure. I, just, I, I can't. I can't see it myself, to be fair. Um, some, of, some of the reasons that have just been cited there haven't even entered my my head in regards to hotels, you know, for away games and stuff. You've got someone travelling down to, you know, down to the South Coast, for example. Like, how do they get there? They can't all get on a 50-seater bus and go down on that because there won't be enough space. What does it, they can't go down on day because it's too far. There's, there's a lot of... I mean, I think Jamie mentioned it earlier, they're not trying to rush it back, but... Have they just put these dates in just to appease people? You know, yeah, we're going to get going in June and we'll put it back and we'll put it back and we'll put it back. And we've chatted on, on Twitter, I think, a couple of times because of a couple of exchanges. More, yeah. For me, the, mor- the moral aspect doesn't even sit right for me. There's there's a lot more going on in the world. And yeah, we've, we've just discussed how important football is to people than it is, don't get me wrong. But there's, there's a lot of other important stuff to get up and running for me personally before, before football. We've seen increase in tests coming back positive. Uh, is it someone at times that is a ground staff member? Um, yeah. Today has yeah. been announced. So that, that, that's not a player, but it's somebody who's, who's been in close contact. So what happens now? Is it, you know, the players have to isolate? Is it fair for them to go back to the families? There's a, there's a lot more to it than just trying to get 22 lads on a mat, on a pitch and, and have a game of football. They're looking at changing how many subs you can have because they're citing, you know, player welfare. Well, to me, if, it, if it's not, you know, the welfare isn't, they can't play normally, don't play at all, is, is how it should be really. I get that some clubs, you know, outside playoffs, just outside promotional, will argue they need to play it. You know, it, it is a, it's an impossible situation. It's not a normal business. It's, it's something that, you know, it, it can't just be one quick fix and everything is right for every club. You, you're not going to get that because... There's, the money involved is is obviously the driving factor for, I'd say, you know, yeah. 80% of teams in there. You mid-table teams who can't go up and can't go down. But if you ask them, they'd probably just say, you know what, we won't even bother. Just, just get on with it. You know, points per game. And but then your teams who are just outside playoffs will want to play. Your teams in relegation will want to play. But, you know, they talk about the integrity of the game. These, these games are going to be, are they going to be played at full pace? Also, are they going to have full squads? You, you don't know, do you? Positive one for you here. So, say for example, I'm trying to think of his table. It's been that long since we've had a game, but there's a team in mid-table. We know the next season starts again in August the 30th. 
why, what's the point of playing a, a full-strength team? You might as well really? get them rested, get them right exactly. for the 20, next season and stuff, and slig some under-23s in. But then the so straight away, that's completely skewed the competition. So saying finish it to keep the integrity, I, I don't think you're the prayer of keeping integrity by playing it either. So there's a million ways to look at it. I've always said, I, I, I'll say from the start that I think the season should be played out to a conclusion. When, you, when you're so far and you've nine games left, teams have worked hard all season to earn the right to win things, to stay up, etc. But the longer this goes on, and I don't agree with points per game because it's it just doesn't work for me. But I think the longer this goes on, and depending, like Jamie said, what the test comeback has next week, I, I think the points per game becomes a lot more of a, a, of a reality. I just want to come in on, on Jamie's point about tests, actually, because I guess I'm not, what I'm not clear on in my mind is what, what the threshold is. So, say, for example, a club returns one negative test, two negative tests, five negative tests. Where, where, where do we draw the line and where do we say it's OK to proceed versus it's not OK to proceed? And I'm assuming those conversations have happened behind closed doors, but kind of some clubs could be severely more disadvantaged than others. Um, and, and again, kind of just all adds to the complexity, really. Look at Charlton. The situation that's come out with Charlton, you know, they're, they're arguably their best player has said he won't play. And a couple of others have said they won't play. So straight away, and you can't, you can't say you've got a player under contract. If they did play, they're going to be bothered. Do they want to be there? Is it worth risking everything for nine games for them to look at a move anyway? The you know, laminate, there must be other Lyle Taylor's knocking about. He's just that he's gone public, Ian has gone public with it. Boyer's gone public. It's not like Boyer to open his gob, is it? But, <laughs> but yeah, and. Um, but I reckon there's loads of other players. I mean, who's, who's out of contract with us, Neil? Danny Simpson, is he one? Danny Simpson's going to be one. Kachunga, Kwana. Tankovic. Um, yeah. We've got five or six. Well, there's, a, there's a good five, six, seven. And then you're looking at, you know, the, the loans. Yeah. You know, it's it's all, there's so much. And, and then, like Phil mentioned before, when him on last, last time he came on, transfer window, how does that work? Because transferring will be open now. So how, how does that work? Because that's how a lot of clubs, like us, survive. I saw you a know, tweet. I do saw... we sell Carl and Grant for 20, 20 million in January? If he's still going to go in summer, whenever that may be, what do you get for him now? And it, you know, if they've banked on X amount of money, and I appreciate that if his value plummets because of all this, it's relevant that everywhere else it'll be the same for other players. But you know, players like that really going to want to come back and play nine games in uncertain circumstances and put on edge a possible move to Premier League or whatever in, in whenever transfer window does arrive. Lyle, Lyle Tiller's going to get absolute pelters, isn't he? But, Jamie, what do you... I I don't blame him, me. I'm, the trouble is you get the old-timers like Neville Carey, I'd have played, I'd have played, but he's 30 years old. It, it sounds like he's pretty certain he's got a big move sorted. Can you really blame him? The trouble is fans... If it had been a town striker, let's be honest, say if it were Grant in the same situation, maybe when you've got your you know blue and white kind of specs on, you feel differently. But I find it hard to blame the guy. It's just COVID that's done it, nothing else. I think it's um I think it comes down to a question of that word that's already been used, which is which is morality and, and probably loyalty as well. And and you you know, you're quite right. It, it would probably be a, a, a much more ill feeling situation if it was a 
for example, a Huddersfield Town player that, that was in the situation that, that Charlton found themselves in. It, it's a very tough one. I, I, because it's such an unprecedented time, we're, we're seeing unprecedented circumstances and results of, of that. Um, I find it quite interesting that, that, as you've alluded to already, that it, it's become quite a very public situation um, in regards to Charlton and, and Lee Bowyer in particular has been very vocal on that point. I mean, for me, you know, I would like to think that that the integrity of a contract, albeit in... Oop. I think we've just lost Jamie for a yeah. second. Okay. This is proper Zoom, isn't it? You know when you're getting this. <laughs> <laughs> but... Really, that... it's raw, isn't it? We're live. It happens. But I think... Just to, just to pick up on what Jamie mentioned there about, about loyalty, though. You, you, loyalty, you know, fans scream loyalty at players and... You know, sometimes right at the but if a, if a player's coming back and he's out of contract and the club have turned around and said, do you know what, fella, end of season, you're gone. There's no loyalty. You can't expect a player mm-hmm. then when the club says, can you just, just play Absolutely. another nine games for us, please, lads, you know. A lot, a lot of people you've get got lost the right to say the loyalty no, thing. No. The, the, the loyalty thing don't ever wash for me because at the end of the day, these lads are doing a job. Yeah. They're not, they're not, they're not like us of being born into it and you go up and down country and this and other and it's part of your life. For them, it, it's just a job for two years, three years somewhere, then they off they pop somewhere else and get another wedge and this is what it is, it's a job. And I, I don't hold it against anybody. If Lyle Taylor don't want to play because he's got a move lined up, who can hold that against him? I I, I wouldn't, to be honest. Yeah, there is some controversy here, so I'll move it on, but... This is a guy here who watches anything. I watched a Portugal league game last night. I'll watch another one tonight. I watch Spanish next week. I watch loads of German stuff. But if we play Wigan at home behind closed doors on iFollow or Sky or whatever it goes behind, I'll watch it because it's what you do and I'll have to obviously come on the pod and what have you. But it's just not going to be the same, is it? I mean, what I'd say about them other... You would never go to them other games, ever. anyway, obviously them foreign ones. But it's like, I'll miss like going to the gas club, the meeting the guys for a beer, all that social thing. It will be such a... I know it is what it is, but we'll just be sat on the sofas watching Huddersfield v Wigan <laughs> in a closed doors scenario, you know, and there's people criticising people going to Ikea and McDonald's or what have you at the moment. But honestly, I'm sorry for being a bit negative, but... You don't, do you let's know what I'm trying to be honest, but let's let me ask you a question. Go on, Sai. So, so, so oh, say, put us your town, 20,000 um, average gate per season, something on that number. How many fans do you think will watch it on iFollow or whatever subscription platform's available? I've spoke to a few people who can't be asked, but it's all right saying it, but then once match day comes... but Once it gets to three o'clock on yeah. Saturday and you know that they're on and you can just flick your telly and watch it, most people will watch it. Let's England, be honest, I've watched, watched garbage over the last 12 weeks, haven't we? So why wouldn't you watch that? I think, I think you'll probably get 20,000 log on at 3 o'clock and then by quarter past three, you might have 10,000 log off. You know <laughs> I, mean? <laughs> I mean, I've watched... Um, I adopted Dynamo Brest as a Belarus Premier League uh, team, so I've been, I've been well, watching a bit of them. He's the glory seeker himself. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've, I've watched a few of them. I mean, I watched... Uh, they got to the final the other day and they lost in the last minute of extra time. So it was a very typical town, you know, quite a good team to pick. Um, <laughs> but the, they've, they've had a few fans there and there's been absolutely no atmosphere and it, it, it's, it's it's just boring, to be fair. I, I watched half an hour of Dortmund against Schalke 
and I've never been so bored in all my life. And I actually saw Dortmund score a good goal. And it, there's nothing. It was just like watching a training game. And for me, football without fans in football. And well, I'd say to you guys, though, because I've watched quite a bit of it, you get used to it. You get used to you, it. You and... know what, though? You might get used to it, but you, you pitch, and I've said this a few times, and I, I, I'm no Leeds fan, by the way, but you, you pitch, you're a Leeds fan or a West Brom fan or a Coventry fan, and we're all absolutely storming their leagues at the minute. You're going to play to win promotion at your own ground in front of an empty stadium with just voices of ball boys and coaching staff and other players. You score winner at Cop End or at whatever end it is at West Brom and what have you, to nobody. Mm. That's not what... And, and, and those who are going week in, week out like us. Imagine if we'd not... If we... What, what town that have won promotion at an empty... I mean, playoffs. Empty Wembley for finals. Neil, no can, I, can I use my point again, though? Again, that I wheeled out because I like it. But sometimes you want the five guys, Neil. You end up with McDonald's, don't you? That's if you can get in the drive-through. <laughs> but, but, Jamie, you know, but, but you get used to, you'll get used to it, Neil. But my argument is, it's a social know. bit. It's a social bit. 12 o'clock on a Saturday, I want to be in there, in town centre having a beer. I want to be watching the 12.30 game. I want to be yeah. going down Leeds Road. All right, it is what it is, but... We'll join you for one here. We can, we'll, we'll, zoom, we'll zoom town against Wigan. Yeah, but nearly. We'll get a Zambo crowd at 12 o'clock. We'll be steaming by three. Yeah, but you can't even watch it with your mates. Under the current lockdown laws, you can't even watch it with your mates unless it warms up and you get a telly outside. That's what I'm saying. It's for me, Odyssey Town's always been the social side of it and that as well. The tech that away, it's gone. I mean, Jamie, it's probably going to mean good news for you, isn't it, really? Because are they going to use your commentary for the, you know, for the iFollow stuff and has there been any discussion on that, how that's going to work kind of at your end and, you know, how it's going to, are you even going to get in the ground? Again, you know, it, it, I hate to sound like a broken record, but it really is unknown at the moment. All I know is that, that obviously those discussions are, are ongoing at this moment in time and, and it's, it very much is like subject to, to the guidance and subject to overall what the EFL will want um, to, to, to put into place and, and how they come to an agreement with, with the broadcasters and, and how they want to cover that game. You know, as far as I know, and forgive me because obviously we're on air at the time, but as far as I know that iFollow does use our service already um, and uses our commentary. So yeah, if that was to be, cons to be consistent, then, then that would be the case. Naturally, I'm biased, so I would say that you shouldn't watch it, you just listen to us instead anyway. Jamie, what... I've been doing some research. In a paper today, and it's in the Daily Express, so it's obviously true. There's going to be 15 radio... This is Premier League, though. 15 radio commentators allowed. There's going to be 300 people, including the players, allowed. Uh, but the worst thing is, Pozza, this is one for you, there'll be no mascots allowed, so no Teddy the Terrier. <laughs> How are you feeling about that? You think you'd be safe in that big outfit, wouldn't you? Or is it a real dog? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought dogs couldn't get it. I thought they were immune. What about Rambo's going to be there with his microphone, in it? Just shot into <laughs> it. Talk it with self like he normally does, to be fair, doesn't it? But, yeah, it's, it's just going to be weird, isn't it, that we, you know... I mean, there's obviously these times where we've been on holiday or, you know, we've worked and stuff. We haven't been able to go to the game or we've watched it on Sky and what have you. But how weird is it going to be when, if we do get back on, we're just going to... Ugh, no. Can I just go back to the point on, on, on the social aspects of it? And, and I think it's a massive, massive part of the game. I don't think the game would be what it is today without the social aspect of it and the routine and the, like you say, you know, getting up, 
on a morning and the anticipation of, of making your way to the ground, it, it's all part and parcel. I, I'm not, I'm not naive to suggest that it, that it isn't part of that, but, but the, the only alternative in my eyes then would be to have to wait. If, if that, if that isn't the case, then we have to wait until from what we're hearing from the government until at least next year to see any form of football in the form that we associate with it already. So would that, would that, would that be all right? If you, if someone said to you, right, okay, we'll not have any football until next year, but when it, when it is back, it will be back to what it is. I think where I'm at, Jamie, I think I'm in favour in finishing this current season in, in the kind of the guise that's been described. Um, however, I'm a little bit unclear about whether or not next season should start in that format, partly because of the reasons you described around kind of the whole social aspects, but also because I'm not sure if it be it's then commercially viable for a lot of clubs, certainly down the pyramid. Mm. If you're going to play football behind closed doors at League One, League Two, conference yeah. level, then that drives up a lot of revenue streams for those clubs. And at, at that point then, I'm not sure whether you are just best waiting until kind of a point when a vaccine's found. But but right now, as you say, we, we don't know when that will be and it's almost how long's a piece of string. I think what then, that's right. what Phil said, isn't it? Phil, yeah. Phil said that on, when, at his point, at his... I'm actually really surprised that not many people came out in support of him on that. And I think he was brave to come out and actually say what he said. Um, and I think a lot of people are just don't want to face up to the actual reality of, of this situation that, you know, in the next two, three, four, five months, if this does carry on and there's no football or teams are forced to play in these circumstances with no revenue coming in, that can't continue and, and some clubs just will not be here. It's as simple as that. It's as stark as that. And football uh, will look a lot different in, in six, 12 months' time than it does now, a lot different. Neil, look at that today. Sorry, just getting in there. Tottenham have got a £175 million loan for the Bank of England. This is Spurs Champions League finalists last year. You know, probably a rich, not maybe the top rich club, but one of the biggest rich ones there. They reckon to make a 200 million loss in 2021. To be fair to them, there were a lot of stuff like, I think Beyonce were meant to be there, American football, a lot of stuff that they're having to kibosh. But it's scary, isn't it, when a club like of that ilk can have it to borrow 175 million pounds. Go on, Jamie, what were you going to say there, mate? I was, I was just going to say, and I, I completely agree with what you're saying, Simon, actually. I, I, I think the points that you've made there, there's two, there's two really important points there. I think the first one in the, the, the feeling of, of this season being complete, I think for the good of the game, for the integrity of the game, for the fans as well, who, you know, I think deserve for all the time, effort, money, loyalty and support that they've put in this season, deserve to see it finish in its entirety, albeit behind closed doors for the final uh, hurdle of the relay, as it were. Um as opposed to it being curtailing and just getting a, you know, a, a, a statement to say that's it, boom. I think that, that fans deserve more because of what they've put in this season and have done over the years. But I think you're absolutely right to say that this situation, and, and I remember listening to the, the podcast that you did with Phil, and, and he said this really early on, and it's only really been echoed in, in, in recent weeks once again, that this will, as he said at the time, and thus has shown the financial fall downs that exist within particularly the, the, the championship and the business model, which again, Rick Parry alluded to when he spoke to the select committee is that it, it, that it needs a, it needs a, it clearly needs a shake up. The, 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 this situation has, has shown that, that, that football 
probably got out of hand in terms of its finances and its business model and that that you know we, we can't force clubs to to be put into a situation that could financially cripple them and um i think league two has been brave in its sense to to do that and make a stand in, and and you feel as if will that become more consistent as time goes on who knows but i think that um i think that yeah, getting this season done is is key but then there needs to be some real thought in that off season as to how the following season um unfolds and in, in what manner because the model like i say it, it it looks as if it's been really um shown uh to, to what it is at the moment and, and that you know that that's a that's a time for change if, if, if there is one so Absolutely. just picking up what you said there jeremy i think one thing that's sort of confusing me probably for want of a better word is that in english football has there's gonna be so many different things happen depending on what league you're in and I've always thought, you know, you've got your Premier League and they've got like their little board and then you've got the EFL and you've got FIFA and then in France they've done this and in Germany they've done that. And don't get me wrong, I appreciate in different countries there's different situations with where we are with the virus and um, and all that. But do you not think, certainly in England, that the FA as a, as a governing body of football should be the ones to make these these decisions, you know, EFL are going to do this, well, Championship are going to do that, and League Two are doing this, and League One are doing that. Premier League, oh no, we're going to do something else because we've got other contracts. And I get that mm. they negotiate their own deals with TV and, you know, all that sort of stuff. I can sort of see it there. But yeah. in these unprecedented times, you'd think the overarching governing body for the football is the no unity. It, it should be up to them. No, everyone's wanting no to do different. It, it should be. A, I mean, we, we this have is to, what, you know, and I know this whoever's, is a whoever's president scenario. of the FA. Well, on, on, we, we had the different scenario with, I'm going to chuck it in, Andy's Man Club, where we had to close because obviously we couldn't have the face-to-face meetings. And we actually took the decision to close before we were forced to close because a couple of venues had been told they couldn't. And we could have kept the other venues running for a week or two. But we went on very much, a, and we always work on very much a one-in, all-in scenario where you've all got to sing off the same sheet. And so the message is clear and it's one message, one clear message to everybody. And there's so many different factions getting involved in, in all these decisions and how it's made and how it's announced. It's it just it's, it's all completely foggy. There's absolutely no clarity whatsoever from National League, non-leagues, for up to League One, League Two, Championship, Premier League. There's absolutely zero synergy in any of it. And that leads to confusion, that leads to irate people, that leads to panic, that leads to everything else. And until they do, like you say, Danny, go for one and one leads it and says it, it's going to continue to be foggy. I think what I'd say on that, Neil, is I think it's similar across a lot of sports. So I'm quite close to what's happening with the cricket, with the ECB, and there's some, dare I say, kind of slightly mixed messages coming out there in terms of what players can do with regards to training, then obviously the government advising you can meet in certain numbers of groups, um, certain leagues within country are cancelling their seasons now, others are kind of um, I think, that, I think the biggest tight. difference with that though, Simon, is the fact that it's not even started yet. So they're not making a yeah. call on a season that's got eight, nine games left. They're making a call on a season that hasn't even begun. So yeah, I agree. completely agree. My point was more similar to football. There's, there's not one governing body necessarily taking um, control. Taking, taking control, yeah. But, and there needs to be one, doesn't there? You know, there, there needs to be somebody who's giving out a, a firm directive for everybody else to follow and, and, and 
abide by them until that happens. Like I say, it's going to just carry on being beyond foggy. It's daft. Trouble is, Neil, I think one size doesn't fit all, though, does it? It's like League Two, like Jamie said. It's, it's just not cost-viable to play. I mean, it's like the same rugby league at the moment. Rugby league... Uh... And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Just dragging it out to get more furlough payments so then they can start and maybe get a, a crowd back in. One thing I wanted to mention that has been, t- t- I mean, they're already talking about it in Germany and Spain and whether it'll happen, I don't know, but the Obviously, we need to try and get fans back at some point and distancing and what have you. But could we have a situation where, say, our stadium, for example, we have 8,000 in, 12,000 in? We might have it anyway where we're playing, but, but I just kind of mean, in, is, that, is that feasible? You know, distancing no. or, or no. is it? Just, I, how, how, how can you just, you'd need stewards to police that and they'd take up God knows how much with social distancing. So, nah. I don't I think you can open a football ground again until you can actually properly open it. The only thing I would say on that point is that I'd, I'd compare it again to cricket and, and the discussions that are happening behind the scenes in terms of how the cricket season is is looking to be brought back. And, and there has been plenty more discussion in terms of the cricket of bringing back stadium capacity. I think it was at the Oval of 25%, um, whereby there would be segments of the ground that would be specifically for, for households and they would have to sit so many seats apart. But you, you're quite right, Neil. It would take a hell of a lot of organisation and stewardship to be able to, to do that. But again, I could be wrong on this, but it's from what I gather is that the, the football games to go ahead, quite like the cricket games, I know this for a fact for the cricket games, that a game can't go ahead unless it's fully stewarded there's got a full capacity of, of stewards uh, in, in presence even if um you know that that falls in within the guidelines of a game going ahead i know for a fact that the cricket are, are looking at that as a as a possibility um, yeah me you're right they, i think because you can't even get people going around tesco following them stupid adults or Aston or aldi or <laughs> so they're not gonna be able to go to a football stadium we ate well right. i remember us asking a question um in respect to the cricket um as to whether or not um, you know, alcohol would be sold because my interpretation has always been that, you know, you look at, you talk more generally about bringing pubs back and things like that. You know, once someone's had a few to drink, you're telling me that they're going to be able to social distance in the same way that they're doing so when they're sober. But I, I don't last, last buy minute that goes in. second. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, it's true, isn't it? So, I mean, we've seen, it in, we've seen it in Europe, you know. Um, so I think that 
if that was a, a possibility, which I know it is in the cricket, that there would be some very strict guidelines in place and a hell of a lot of organisation. Again, there was something else um, mentioned that it would be at the cricket, to bring your own food, bring your own drink. Now, again, I don't know whether that would be applicable towards football, but the, I, would, I wouldn't rule it out purely on what I've seen from, from the cricket side of things that that might be, we're talking about gradual steps here. That could be one of the gradual steps that we see to bringing back full capacity stadiums once again, but they're going to have to do something, Jamie. Because they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to do something because there's not money. I mean, they're saying with rugby out there, there's not. It's just not viable. Apart from us getting the sky money, they need the, you know, people buy the shirts and what have you on that as yeah. well. Without, I, I know people say without the fans, it's nothing. But I think they kind of maybe mean the atmosphere. I think without the fans, it's, it's not. You know, it's not viable financially. But I'll tell know, you, there's one thing that's been mentioned to me by quite a few people as well is that bear in mind that everybody's paid out this season for season tickets and they're due another, well, how many old games have we got left? Four, five, something like oh. that. So people have paid out for those on the season tickets. And I've had people asking me if they'll be having to then pay to watch it on iFollow. Did you hear that about Schalke today? How me. bad were that? They changed their mind, but they basically said, if you want a refund, you had to write into Schalke and explain why you wanted it. And other words, so in other words, if you didn't have a job, you had to prove that you were unemployed. So, but so there were an absolute—I'm going to swear—shit storm, and they've retracted it and saying, "Look, pretty much you can get a refund on anything." But, but that's another thing to consider. I mean, I, I bought my season ticket for next season, and to be honest, I'm not fussed. The club could have the money, but most people I speak to want the money back. And God, it's uh, what a what a mess. Nearly what Bobby made. Some people anyway. have paid that out thinking they're going to carry on working, etc. There'll be some people who've paid it out now thinking, "Christ, he's bought four season tickets, and I'm not working." Neil, so you're I can in understand an... those people wanting it back. To be honest, you're in executive box anyway, Neil. So you don't have to worry about that. You're distanced, <laughs> aren't you? Just get yourself a beard out of the fridge, and that. I know what you're like. Forget you don't go with South Stand with me and Pods. <laughs> Pods I'm, I'm, I'm not mixing with you ruffians. Awesome. Yes, man. This is something that I've changed my mind. We're kind of piped in crowd now. So there's two things I kind of want to mention. A, obviously, on the TV. So, Jim, I don't know if you watch NRL or what have you, but, or even some of the German stuff that they kind of put on Twitter, but piped in crowd noise. I was shocked. I've always been anti that. And I've been mm. against the clappers and what have you and stuff. We've had some right arguments on here, but. Honestly, it has made it such a better spectacle with it. I've really ate my words and I'd like the option when it comes back here, whether you can turn it off or on. I know it sounds maybe some people say... Sounds like off. a massive turn off to me. Neil, anyway. you, to be fair, Neil, you haven't watched any Bundesliga yet. You'd change your mind because we only get to hear the shouts from the players, but it will. you will find it more watchable. I've really ate humble pie, but piped in crowd noise, pause. Um, I've never I've never watched a game with it, so I, I haven't got a, a starting point. Al. But the first thing that comes to my mind is no. Um, how I mean, you could probably explain it to me. Is it how organic is it? Is is it a bloke with a keyboard who someone has a shot yeah, and he goes so, ooh, or you know, our, someone puts a, a tackle in and you know, do they have pre-recorded yeah. chat? How, I, 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 my first thought would be no, it's bloody ridiculous, but. Is it just a continuous, like, moronic cheer like you get when you play FIFA? And No, it's quite is good. It like that, or is it specific to what's actually going on, you know? Yeah, and I was reading about it, so there's a lot of thought gone into it. It's shock or it's come from America, but there's a guy pretty much, depending where the ball is and, and stuff like that, they will kind of 
if it's away team scores, the crowd noise will be a bit lower. So there is a lot of thought that goes goes into it. And to be honest, it's a lot more watchable than I than just having nothing. The, the NRL is a little bit different. It's kind of a bit more general noise and when I tried scored. But I remember finding it hard work to watch some of them kind of football games behind kind of closed doors. This is me who watches every game, just about every league. But it, honestly, give it a chance, I would say. I that. said to you, didn't I, Cosy, after that, after I'd watched half an hour of that Dortmund Schalke game, I said it in for me. But I'll reassess it when it's a game that I've got a vested interest in. It's not for Wagner at the moment, mate, is it? Jesus. No. Woo. I think, I think just coming back, coming back to crowd noise, I think that, you know, your you football is sporadic, in it? It's all right. We, we know we have Calfred Loyal and it's a little bit, I would say, more organised in the terms of we kind of like lead the chanting, but it's still organic to actually what's going on on, on pitch. And if it can, it can replicate that in some way, then, you know, maybe it would work. But uh, uh, as a straight-off-the-bat question, to me, it, it would be a no. And, and who is it actually there for? Mm. You, 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 your atmospheres in your ground are for players. They, they thrive off the atmosphere. To me, a, a piped-in atmosphere is for TV viewers. And, 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 and that kind of, that's a little bit wrong. Does the players make comment on it? Do, do they like it? Do they not? I mean, if I were playing and it were coming out of speakers. I don't know if I'd find that. Uh, positive. It's, or... it's for the TV pods. It's not for the, at the ground. It's just silent, but you can't actually hear it. But to be fair, it's not on the English broadcast, but it's just America have tried it and it works well. And the rugby league, it definitely works well. Cause I remember the last round of games they had in Australia before the, the lockdown and it were, it were horrible. Like you just, but it's not going to be for everyone, but, yeah, I mean, I Chef Wednesday have been piping in for years, haven't they? they didn't play it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Some clubs have probably been doing it anyway, and we haven't even noticed. But that, that's why uh, I have to. I, don't know, I, think, I think I'd have to, similar to Neil, I think I'd have to experience it before I could make a full comment on whether I like it or not. But off the bat, to me, no, but I'm, I'd be willing to give it a try, I suppose. Jamie, how are you going to feel about being in a crowd again? I mean, it's a bit different for you, kind of tucked away in the posh seats, but. I, I feel really anxious just going to Asda, mate. And yeah. it's, it's it, I don't know, maybe some people are a bit plus. Hey, you've seen some of these idiots on the beach and jumping off cliffs or what have you, but but that's going to take some getting used. Some people might just sack it off because they just won't want to do it. It's, it's weird, isn't it? I think that's a really good point. I think that although we may get to a point where we're allowed to do things, I still think there's going to be a group of people who need to be convinced that they can do the things that we're allowed to do um, because you're quite right because this is normal. I, I think I think I said it at the start everything that happens from here on in is with social distancing as a bare minimum that's how life is at the moment and I find it really weird actually because I still live with my folks at home uh, that if we're in the office and we're respecting social distancing uh, which we are very much so actually it's, it's improved a lot more with the with the one-way system that we have in our office now which is fantastic but when I come home and I'm in my own household I feel weird going near, you know, my dad, for example, which is really, really, you get, because you become instinctive of, of, yeah, of the surroundings that you've become used to. So I think that, I think there's actually going to be a, a lot of, um, you know, the, I think that responsibility lies with, with the government personally, but obviously that can be echoed by governing bodies and, and then football clubs that, that when the government feel it's, an acceptable and appropriate time um, for, for crowds to, to come back together whenever that may be, that there's going to uh, be a, a great deal of communication um, with um, individuals and people to, you know, make them feel comfortable. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's greatly, greatly important. You use that word anxiety. There's a lot of that around at the moment. 
and that um, I think communication is key if that is going to be in any way, shape or form calmed. Um, and, you know, football deserves that and fans deserve that as well, to be honest. Neil, were you going to drive to Dorset last week and jump off that cliff? I'm sure you were, weren't you? We were having that chat. <laughs> I just, the, the old social distancing thing, it's really hard for me because I'm, I'm, I'm an hugger. I hug everybody. Love it. It's what it's all about. I love to shake somebody's hand. I love to give them an hug. And uh, I, I found that particularly difficult. I mean, even yesterday where I was, um, at approved food yesterday, and um, John Williams, who works at town, and his wife called in with a few bits and pieces and to get up and give them a virtual handshake. What a load of bollocks. It's just, it just feels wrong. You know, it's not, it's just not for me. I'll, 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 so being in the ground again, I'll find it really hard because A, I'm nervous about going back in a football ground now or anywhere where there's going to be any kind of large audience. I've, I mean, I've not been in a shop ever since this started. Not once, not not once have I been in the shop. Getting everything delivered, people helping us out. Um, so to go to a scenario where there's going to be fifteen thousand plus people in a football ground, no, not for me yet. And uh, I think it'll take a long time for me to come to terms with the fact that that's okay again, and it'd need to be a proper big rubber stamped okay to go back for me. I think it's. I think it'd be one of those that's that's personal decision for every single individual because I'm kind of, I'm leaning on other side of the fence, you know, with, with lockdown and social distancing, don't get me wrong, I follow every guideline, I've, I've followed it from start mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but like me personally, when I look at the stats, you know, the deaths, the infection rate, the risk to myself, uh, you know, I mean, that I'm, I'm hopefully got no underlying health conditions and from what I can gather, from what I can see, if I did contract it, yeah, I'd be ill for a while. I'd, I'd probably be okay, you know, touch wood and, hope, and hopefully. So I think uh, coming back into a football stadium and or anywhere where there's crowds, I think it's a very individual thing. And um, I, I was thinking about it before we came on, so I knew it was going to be a topic of discussion. And even when, um, if and when, sorry, government come out and say, look, you know, you're all right to go back in crowds, could, could football... Um, look to ease fans back in. So like at town, you've got four very separate stands. Could you have, you know, a section where if you feel comfortable being sat next to someone, you go in that bit. If you're, you know, a bit 50-50, you go in a section where there's maybe three or four seats between each other. Another section where there's 10 seats and you're you dotted around. Oh yeah, capacity would have to be reduced to accommodate that. But I think football clubs have got that uh, sort of moral dilemma again to, to get the fans back in. And if, if the fans are, like, like Neil, for example, what can they do to make his experience of sort of almost weaning him back into going back to football? Could that be something that... that so the, the problem for me is that I, I, we've been isolating from family because but my, my mum and Tracy's mum are both in high-risk category. And for me, the priority much more lies with being OK. So I can, I'd much rather go and see them and spend time yeah. with them than go and sit in a football ground. And, that's and it. I go that, to football with my dad. You know, I've got, yeah, I've got that's where it comes back to that that personal decision. And I yeah, think exactly. if, so if clubs can get those if people... If it comes to it in the open, it's given the OK, you know, I think then people should be allowed back in at their own sort of discretion, if you like. And hmm. if you choose not to go, you can't go. Unfortunately, I'd have to take that one on chin. I think um, there's also kind of some consideration Kings. that needs to be given beyond... 
football grounds as well because the moment you open kind of the football stadium doors again, that's then going to put pressure on things like public transport. It's going to put pressure on um, other services and such. And it's whether or not one they have kind of can cope with that, and, and then two, what are the implications for that from kind of people social distancing and such. So I'm not sure. This is where there's obviously an overlap between kind of the government guidelines and, and what the um, EFL, the FA, kind of whoever, to come back to an earlier point, want to do. But I'm not sure it's as simple as just saying, and it's clearly not everyone's agreed with that, it's just saying the ground's open, kind of free will, definitely. There's, there's one word changes it all, vaccine. Get, get one of them, crack on. But un, until, until that's easy, easy. all... Uh, but, yeah. but until that arrives, there's going to be a lot of people living in doubt. I'm, I'm supposed to go to New York in uh, in November. Take the new away, Neil. You'll be going to York, mate. Remember that one? <laughs> <laughs> Dave Murphy in Backpods, get in there. Yeah, Jamie, no, 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 no. I was supposed to be sat in a, in a six-bedroom villa in Croatia at the moment, and I'm sat in the conservatory talking to oh, you. Oh, oh, get your family out. Best job, isn't it? It's worked out well. James Wright. Who's the real winner, son? Exactly. It's me, isn't it? I've got my Sam Booker. I've got you, lads. I'm happy. James Wright, though. I mean, like, social distance. Imagine, like, Benidorm, the rock open the doors for English in August. As if people go over there, right, you need to sit on this terrace and you need to sit on this chair. (laughs) Six bottles later, this is when I've even flown (laughs) in. If you you have any doubt, you can't. There's no chance. No. Yeah. The, the, the problem, I don't know how, how they're going to sort like Weatherspoons just talk of ordering an app and all that. It all sounds good, but people, you know, it's like in this mm. country, you can't even stay off a beach and, and stuff. It's bad, it's scary mm. times. But yeah, I will laugh at today. This club retweeted Andy King. I'm thinking, why have they retweeted Andy King? Who's Andy King? He plays, it's been that long, hasn't it, since the game? But it's uh, <laughs> yeah. it's just weird. Chaps, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm really sorry, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to get. Going. I'm really sorry. Jamie, no worries. We no know problem. This. Thanks yeah. for joining us, Jamie. Thanks so much yes, for having Jamie. me. No, genuinely, it's always a pleasure. Really, really is. And stay no safe, worries, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks nice to speak to Jamie. Jamie. Thanks, Thanks guys. Yeah, really Great cricket it. show. Cheers, Jamie. <laughs> Cheers, <laughs> yeah. Just wanted to mention, really, about, you know, how do you feel about our club as we kind of move towards the end of the season, whatever that may be? It's it's been such a funny year, hasn't it? It feels like it's been going on forever. We were going, we were pretty much screwed, weren't we, under Jan? Danny Cowley's coming in. But does COVID change everything for your thoughts for next year? Neil, what what are you thinking? It's if you keep us up, well, however it's points per game or whatever, it's a great job done. But it's so hard to gauge now, isn't it? Because who's gonna have any money and impossible? I think the difference, I think the thing with that is because nobody's gonna have any or no, nobody in the bottom three divisions. Is going to be going and throwing stupid money about. Um, it just can't happen. It can't happen. I mean, Carl and Grant, we were worth 20 million in January. What's it worth now? Mm. Just because of this. You know, so I think that the whole, the whole scope, the whole sort of shape of football is going to completely change. And a lot of it for, for, for the better, if I'm honest. I think I hope clubs will start living in the means a little bit more. Um, you were disappointed, Neil, that none of our guys took a pay cut. Have they been asked to, though? Do we know? Yeah, that's a good point. I think Onit Club can come out and answer that one properly, can't they? I mean, it's one of them, though. It's personal, isn't it, to each player? Because every, yeah. 
every player will be on a different wage and every player will have different yeah. outgoings and different contract lengths and all that sort of stuff. Exactly, yeah, you know. It's the same old story again, isn't it? If you're out of contract at end of June, are you going to take a pay cut for three months? When you're off, oh, and you've no, there's no, there's no new contract coming, because you and, and you don't know where your next contract's coming from. Would you take a pay cut for three months? I probably wouldn't, if I'm honest. No, well, why would you? Because you might. But not if I've been at the club ten years, or if I've got four years left on my contract, I mean, I think the the only thing is for me, it's not like they're asking them to take cuts permanently. The deferrals, so they get they'll get it back. <laughs> you know, it's not like they're saying. Give us fifty percent of your wage, and you're never going to see that again. They will see it again. So, I think it was good to, um, directors. They, 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 three months did they go without directors and a lot of that, staff. That's, yeah. You know, fair play to them. They, they didn't have yeah. to do that. The, the only and thing club, that once it right, club have made up the difference on the furloughed staff as well, haven't they? Which is good. Yeah, Tell you what, that, that, that's the thing that wants it right with me. Sorry, because if they if they continue to play to pay players twenty grand a week, and then they said to Pardew Blogs in Club Shopper Worms. You know, eight fifty or whatever. Sorry, mate. You you you're on your way. That that's one of the things that had probably aggrieved me a lot. Um, that's to an element what Spurs did to start with, isn't it? When they kind of on the furlough scheme and came under came under a lot of pressure. That um, just me because I just come back to your question. Kind of, do I looking towards next season? Um, how do I feel about it compared to this one? I think I go into next season a bit more confident, uh, having seen what kind of Danny, Nicky, Cowley have delivered in in their short time with the club and having seen kind of the recruitment they've done, et cetera. The one caveat to that, I would say, when, when you talk about kind of Carl and Grant um, and, and kind of his kind of value presumably depreciating, let's not forget kind of the people we want off the books, Terence Congolo, Adama Diakabe, um, Isaac and Benza. Frustratingly, their value will depreciate it as well and they'll still be on big chunky wages. So I they am will. confident, well, but there's still, on, there's still on, a lot of work to be done. side of that, people you want to bring in, their values will have dropped as well. So... Yeah. Is that a contract? Yeah. Roundabouts on that. We just need to. I'd feel a lot happier once they're uh, permanently gone, shall we say? Neil, what an easy year it's been for Phil Hodgkinson. Eh? Comes in, we started off on fire, didn't we, with that top manager, and then obviously this horrible disease has come, and he's got his own staff to look after as well at Pure League. Like, honestly, you just wouldn't wish this on your worst day. No, well, horrendous. I, I, I certainly don't envy. I mean, what a year to buy a football club. Jesus Christ. It's um, what do they call it? Anibalus horribleus, <laughs> <laughs> and it has been, and it, it's been an absolute stinker. Everything that I mean, who can you can almost account for a manager being naff and players not performing and getting relegated? You know that, that's football, isn't it? That's stuff that just happens in football, but you can't account for a worldwide pandemic. No, I mean, no. that's just that's just next level, isn't it? No. Um, but on the flip side of that. There's a lot of clubs in the same boat, and I think from what he, when he came out and said what he said last week, um, brave to come out and say that. To be honest, everything that he, that, he, that he told us, and I think there's been a lot of people thinking it in football and just not saying it just yet. I think it's so true, Neil. I think because it's not happened now. Obviously, we've lost Barry earlier on tragically, but. It's going to hit in August and September, mate, isn't it? That's the thing where it's going to hit. Once the furlough scheme has stopped, watch it go then. I think people now just, uh, well, they're training again, they're getting back, we'll have crowd in the stadium soon, will we? Or not as well. It, it's a bit scary. I want to get something off my chest though, Neil, and you tweeted about it last Saturday. And I hate when people kick a person <laughs> when they are down. And there's no one more down at the moment, David Wagner, who's 
honestly, the Schalke are absolutely stinking the place out. Kind of watch most of the games to come back, and they have been really bad. But you know what, Neil? Why, why are town fans wading in on David? I'm, I'm also people why? have an opinion on stuff, but why? Why, why people are going in and trying to, and, and all the, some people are just laughing about it. Oh, Wagner, F Wagner, do this and whatever else. I'm thinking, this is the guy, regardless of what, how he left and whatever else, this is a guy who came in, gave us best team we've seen in Donkey's years, got us promoted, which was ridiculous, kept us up, which was ridiculous. And for that on its own, it deserves respect from everybody, in my opinion. He's so regardless good. Of people, how it have, people have short memories, though. That, that's the problem in football. You look yeah. at some of the players that play for us and, you know, score umpteen goals and then they have a bad three months and they leave and go join somebody else. And it's like the, you know, the, the devil themselves. It's, yeah. you don't, you, you remember the last three or four months of a, of a tenure and yeah, all right, we were, we were poor under Wagner that, you know, when we, when we got rid of him and, or he walked yeah. or however it came about. But consider it as a overall what he did for us and the man should be you took away the last six months or so and whatever he thinks about signings that came in or whatever if you've got if you've got in your memory bank Chef Wednesday away Wembley Crystal Palace away Man U at home Newcastle at home that first goal game roll them away where'd you stop you know, if, 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 yeah, away. roll them away the, the, the Leeds and Brighton week if you've got those memories in your memory bank, one man, well, not one man, but he, he was a major part in bringing that to us. Neil, I, I am grateful for that. I haven't finished the rant either, though. And this is oh, another trait. <laughs> this is another trait. Why do people... So I, I saw non-town fans like, well, the worst of the show team. Why, why do... So someone's done some great work somewhere, right? And they have. All right, judge him on Schalke. They've been crap since the restart and they were crap before it and that as well. And yeah, you might not be doing well there if you've got some points or what have you, but don't pull a job that's been done apart. So I was seeing people tweet like, well, they were the worst team in the Premiership ever. Well, hang on a minute. We stayed up that first season against all odds. Don't pull someone's work apart when it were bloody good just to like suit an argument. I know social media is what it is, but it does my head in. Criticising Schalke work, mate, after Christmas, do that. But don't say all the silver with this and that and the other. Shut up, man. You know what it is? Yeah. You know what it is? Because like some people, some people just like to be right, and you'll have someone who'll, who'll come in and, and we'll take Wagner for example. People talk about that. Remember when we lost to Spurs with it four nil? Yeah. yeah. People will bang on about um, that was a turning point for Wagner, and you know after that match everything went to pot and all that sort of stuff. And if you actually take a step back and look at that season after Spurs. All right, yeah, we, we sort of changed a little bit, but we still beat the teams that we were expected to beat. We beat the teams at the bottom. I think we beat Bournemouth 4 1. Man United. Man United at home. <laughs> you know, we drew with Man City away. We drew with Chelsea away. And all right, Man City and Chelsea I went into away. We three games at season and drew away at Chelsea and Man City. Who let one go? Exactly. All right. We didn't go out there and play attacking football. But do you know what? If you're winning football, nobody cares how you play. You can no. play the most defensive, long ball, mind-numbingly boring football. You're top of the league winning 1-0 every week. Everybody loves it. Four games yeah. without a win, all of a sudden, that manager is useless. And yeah. it is so bad. It, it, like you say, because if people go from, the man is an absolute hero, let's get a statue built. Yeah. He's worst ever manager we've had, and he, he will know better than me. What's and then, then you oh, get the going on. It's because it, um, people need something to talk about. Sorry, mate. People need something to talk about. No, that's all right. Go for it. And, uh, and right now, there's not much else to talk about, so they'll just jump on that. 
and, and I think it wouldn't get the airtime. Exactly. It wouldn't. It wouldn't get the kind of negativity that you talk about where everything else back where normal life, so to speak. There's not much else to talk about. Let's default to that and give someone kind of peak opportunity to say something. But I agree with you. It's kind of it's unnecessary. And, yeah. They have been rubbish. They have been absolutely appalling. The one thing that did make me laugh, and I shouldn't say it, and I'd never say it to his face, so obviously over there, and it'll be over here, they can't have as many fourth officials. So they were losing last week at home, and you have to have someone with a board up. You know how many minutes left? It was Christoph Bueller. So they were getting beat, and he's putting a three up, and you you know what his face is like. Even when we went up, he went hardly smiling, and he would just lay like that. <laughs> that board. But yeah, I hope it turns around. But honestly, I, every day I kind of put telly on and expect him to be. They were talking about Raul because he was a bit of a Schalke legend coming there. But I just don't like people being kicked when they're down, apart from Donald Trump. But anyway, we'll move on. We don't want to get into right, politics okay. here and that. Well, <laughs> I can also, open a big can of worms. One thing I want to mention, pause, we were saying about the one thing I've noticed with Germany, which is interesting, is that the top players like Bayern Munich and, you know, Kai Havertz and these other guys, you know, uh, they're just cracking on with it. No crowd or what crowd or whatever. They're just pretty awesome. Ireland carrying on where he's left off. Sancho, you've seen it. But I've seen like a lot of average players. I think they're missing the crowd. So, for example, on Saturday, Schalke was struggling. And the, and the commentator kept saying, oh, Wagner will be happy, the crowd out there, because they'll be ripping it in the bits. And maybe they have a point. But I was looking at it another way, thinking, well, hang on a minute. They were 1-0 down. The crowd would probably, because I know it's like that, a proper get behind them. They could have like lifted the game. You, there were a lot of guys. It just might be how it looked, but to me, they maybe weren't running as much or, or what have you and, and stuff. And I honestly think the crowd play such a bigger part than you think. And it would be fascinating with our players. Maybe you'll get some players who will get a bit of stick, kind of getting a bit more into the game and stuff. But it's been really noticeable for me, that, mate. I, th- I agree with that, mate. Well, I mean, if you, if you take our season where we went up, you know, put those 11 names on paper and there were no way that they were, you know, player for player better than quite a lot. Of, you know, either we were tipped to go down, weren't we? And, uh, you know, you got, you got on a bit of a run, they got on a farm, crowd got behind them. And, you know, I've, I've played football at a, you know, low level. And um, I, I try to transfer what, when I used to play to what a professional might think. And even playing Sunday League in Park, I mean, Neil used to manage me, uh, so he'll know. But if you had... 10 or 15 lads from 10 or 15 Rick, lads from we out we won't win out we won't win out we won't win out what, what, what I'm getting at though is if you get are, you know, we, we, we used to play for pub side and you know you might on a, on a Sunday morning you might get 10 or 15 of them come down you know to have a watch and support you and stuff and if, if you were running football or whatever you, you almost had that you know these lads have come to watch so I better put a bit of effort in here because if not I'm just going to get a load of stick and sometimes I think on, on, on pitch as well, you, you, if, as a player, you, you, you've got a responsibility to, to put that effort in for the paying fans. And if there's no one there, do you just think, well, I, I could probably make that if I ran at full pace. But if I don't make it, there's not 3,000 folk here who are going to give me a bollocking for not and making then, it. So, you know what, I'm just I, not going to bother. Everything that you've just said there, and then adding to that, that you're out of contract in three weeks. So exactly. You're not going to new one. There's a 50-50 you know, going in front of kill the bank. Are you going for it? Nah. You, you probably would. Like you say, if a crowd were there, you're thinking, if I don't, I'm going to get some sticks, so or I will. Yeah. If it's nobody there to give you a stick, what's the stuff you just like Neil says, thinking, do you know what, I'll like, have it, fella. And, yeah, you know, turning a 50-50 awesome. into a 40-60. Yeah. I'll be surprised no if Johnny Hogg does it, but yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting. that and, and the away record as well, it, 
Again, it's only a small size sample. I've, I've been dying to say that. I've been watching a lot of programs. A small size sample, that's <laughs> story of my life. But anyway, we'll move on. But like uh, 36, I've got either the stats, 18 out of 36 games be won by the away team. So it, it'll be, it's definitely having an effect on it, like home and away advantage and stuff. And that's why they've been on about neutral grounds. And I'm thinking, from what we've seen so far, does it really matter where we're playing? We could be playing on a, on a park. It really... I mean, you saw what the atmosphere did to us. It probably lifted us over the line a lot of games. I'll tell you what, pu- purely going on the lack of coaches and travel and stuff, clubs should be able to play at their own ground and their own games. Simple. Yeah, it looks like the point that kind of Jamie was making around hotels and that sort of thing. Kind of, if you go to neutral grounds, it's suddenly going to place more stress on, on that sort of stuff, really, isn't it? Yeah, you can't do it. I think. In this situation, people are always going to find flaws and people are always going to find potential issues. Um, Some decisions have to be made at some point. And for me, whether you play neutral grounds or home venues is is quite far down the the list of things. I think there's a lot of other things to kind of get started before you get to that, really. I've seen someone tweet, uh, I can't remember if it was a town fan or uh, just a generic fan tweet that got retweeted a few times. And it was saying, you know, why don't they all, why don't all players go? Um, and stay together somewhere, for example. You know, and on face of you think, yeah, do you know what? That doesn't that doesn't sound a little that doesn't sound a bad idea. Well, but... No hotels in Avon. <laughs> well, there's no hotels, but also as well, is that fair? You know, you look at some. I mean, I follow uh, Ari Toffolo on on his social media and stuff, and he's got two young lads. And is it fair that he, you know, they miss out on the dad for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten weeks just so we can get a bit of football on? To and you know what. And that you've got right. you've got to then factor that into performances as well. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's bad enough. They're probably away a lot anyway. So yeah. is it? You know, it, it's it's just one of them. And I think I think Simon's got it nail on head. It, it's there's not a way that you'll please every fan, every player, every club, every. I think team everyone, everyone would have been happy. You know, like you said earlier on, though. I think everyone everyone would have been happy if there had been some kind of leadership from one body and it's yeah we're doing this and then this is what's happening regardless whether you agree with it all or not it's that the end that that's what that's what's happening in in rest of business you know where you know there's there's businesses and directors or whoever runs mcdonald's for example made a decision at some point and said all mcdonald's are shutting and that in that were before they were forced to shut. So why why can't some who I don't know who's president of FA or whatever they are these days, but why can't he just say or she? It stops now. It's getting ridiculous. Season's finished. We're gonna do this. Appreciate you know. You might miss out on playoffs. Or you might miss, yeah. This could have happened. That could have happened. That could have happened. But that could have all happened anyway before this kicked off. And and repercussions are. The repercussions, you know, it's like a little business that was up in village, you know, Betty's Baps Cafe. They've had to shut and they've they've lost customer. And it's just unfortunately, that's going to happen to football. Football seems to be put above everything else a lot of time, and that's something else that doesn't always sit right with me. That you know, let's get football and let's get football and let's get football. My kids can't go to school yet. That's a that's a bigger priority. Let's get kids back to school and then worry about football. Do you know? It, it just it just seems that always when everything when there's ever all going on that's big football gets put above everything else and it's football's yeah. more important than everything else and actually it's not there's yeah exactly it's all down to money um, and, and i think that they're just trying to get it back on as quick as they can just for money which is sad really in a way neil lockdown's been good for us we've had some absolute legends in our living room on our screens i mean it's Unreal. been incredible we've it's been incredible mate, hasn't it 
what would you been your favourite? That's a that, isn't it? Darren Bullock were immense, weren't they? God. See, I, see, I've done some different stuff, and I've done podcasts for us, and I've done them for AMC as well. So I'm looking at it from two different angles. But look, going the ones that we've done, I thought Ian Dunn were brilliant. You know, Jacko were brilliant. But when you... F were just off the scale, I mean, the, 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 the man is just absolute. He's a mentalist. He's, but brilliant. I were I were howling at listening to... I went for a walk, but I'll stick F podcast on. And I'm walking down the street, and if there were anybody about, they must have thought, what's up with him? Because <laughs> I was literally laughing out loud, you know. Yeah. The way that he, he was so enthusiastic, and it were infectious, yeah. you know. That, that there, right there, is one of the reasons that we got promoted. I don't care what anybody says. Having someone like that it in your dressing room, you must look forward to going in and thinking, what on earth is that Burke going to be doing today? But you know even I mean? when he's not kicked a ball all season in Premier League, apart from two games, there's that video from morning after Chelsea game. Yeah, where he's diving out Chelsea. the Quattro song <laughs> down the corridor. And, you, know, you, can, you, you can't replicate people like that who are just proper team players, regardless. And listen to that podcast where I found it a bit heartbreaking, some of it, to be honest. The fact I, that he I, put his body on line and really hurt himself, and he hadn't really recovered since, just to get us over the line. And you think, you know, there's enough credit for When he was talking, I, I were, were almost welling up because yeah. they were, he they were re- reliving the moment, but also thinking about him going through it all. And, you yeah. Know. Neil, we went to the uh, reunion, didn't we? And again, another Zoom night, Austin Band shooter Rambo with yeah, the yeah. Uh, Mickey Buxton. Right, and, it was interesting, Neil, Neil Warnock on the telly, Neil, and you'll agree with this, but he was saying that because he was invited to a reunion and he didn't think the modern-day footballer would ever get together, you know, I don't know, in 20 years, because I was like a diss in this town team, but would we ever get a ball back on Zoom in 20 years' time? I think the game's just totally changed, but the pride of them guys had, didn't they, for like 100 goals and... Well, when you've got... I mean, with 11, 12 players they got on that night? Yeah. From that... Championship winning team, and you just think, wow, you sat in in the face of here. These are Huddersfield Town legends. They got a promotion, and ultimately, you know, they won a league. That I mean, that's legend status, isn't it? Well, to sit there and talk them, they were all just, just not. I mean, football's changed, and it, but they're just normal blokes, weren't they? And that that were that were the big appeal for me that night. It was great. It was great just to sit there and listen to them. Class. Any other business, guys? Before we uh, call a halt to this historic. It's streaming, and it? I don't know if it is. Yeah, it definitely is. Probably been talking to herself for an hour and a half. It is what it is, isn't it? <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, looking at, I'm just looking at it now. There's, uh, there's been some comments put on live feed, so we're obviously working. Go on, Paz, read them out. Yes. How many chins have me and Neil got? <laughs> One's from Weiss. He says, shut up and get on with tea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> get to take away, Paz. I'll give you a number. We're not going to McDonald's there. It's bad enough queuing on Leeds Road. Anyway, oh, man. Sitting in that for three hours. Ridiculous. I, I, can you imagine a day of hell? Ikea, McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tombstone in front of Dorset. <laughs> anyway, I think a, a good way around that off is just, again, just to acknowledge Mr. David Schofield and a good friend of mine, Mr. Simon Berry, who actually died two days before Scoffer last year. Uh, a lad that we all know, Danny Berry, his dad, used to sit next to me at town. So another sad one. So to Simon as well. Yeah. There we go. 
Cheers, guys. Yeah, so give nice. us your feedback and uh, hopefully this will be more of a regular occurrence because uh, I do like being live, do you? Because we haven't sworn, well, did we swear once, twice? A couple, couple of times. Yeah, we yeah. Let's see if the post is taken down in a few days. But no, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And it'll be out on uh, SoundCloud and everything. It's, it's and that live well. because he's yes. <laughs> been yeah. and gone, we're done. Right. Do I have to sing his way out? When no. the town go watching And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.